What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, we have cleared the path. We have done numbers 40 through 21. We've done the two odds and ends episodes. It's time to wrap up and finish off the year 2005 we are going to do the top 20 albums of 2005, according to me, myself, and I, Joey, here at Rock Strikes 10. So we've got two episodes to go through here and 20 albums to go through, and I think it's a really stellar list. Like, you know, I would definitely make an argument for a couple of the albums, especially on the last part of the countdown, but these are all pretty much must-owns. Like, these are all great albums. So it was really hard to rank them in a particular order, but I did my best, so... Let's get to it, shall we? All right, coming in at number 20, kicking off this show right here in fine fashion. Some people may be surprised by this entrant, thinking maybe it's a little too low. Uh, I really like this record. It's got some really strong spots on it, but it's not a perfect album. And to me, it's slightly suffered from just following a monster album. So you'll know what I mean here in a second. But uh, on March 21st of 2005, Queens of the Stone Age released their fourth full-length studio album called Lullabies to Paralyze, produced by Joe Barisi and Joshua Hame. Peaked at number five in America, its highest chart position in the world. And uh, yeah, like I said, I like this album. I think it's three quarters real, real good. The real good part is enough to make it a must-own album for me. There's a lot of bright spots. There's a, a lot of cool random guest spots on here, too. The Reverend Billy Gibbons. One of our favorites. Uh, he plays on it. There's the return of Mark Lanigan. Uh, there's a lot to be happy about. Shirley Manson and, and Brody Dolly even have a cameo doing uh, some background vocals together on a really cool track. You got a killer scene there, man. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a fun freaking record uh, for the most part. And it's got one of the greatest songs that Queens of the Stone Age ever put out, in my opinion. And of course, that's the song I'm going to use to focus on here for the countdown. So kicking off the show here in fine fashion, cracking the number 20 right here, it's Queens of the Stone Age with Someone's in the Wolf.
Uh, yeah, you know, when I saw them, I actually saw them twice in concert this year here in 2005, looking back on it, and I saw them open for Nine Inch Nails, I mentioned that before, but most notably, I actually saw them basically do, it was kind of a uh, a mini tour of smaller places to promote the release of this album, and they did do a show in Dallas, and I don't think it was too far removed from the actual release of the album, maybe a few days, like, I, that's my memory of it, but... They actually played this pretty decently small place in Dallas called the Gypsy Tea Room. Saw a lot of great shows there. It's kind of still there, kind of not. It's it's weird. Anyway, the Dallas club scene's weird. But they played at this place, and it was a real last-minute kind of announced show, but I just got lucky and got tickets. Or I think it might have even been my friend Stars Guy Randy who uh, got tickets for this. Anyway, I wound up going, and awesome. They... I still remember that when the lights went down, the band was coming out, they were playing, I think it was like a Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, uh, the Three Little Pigs animated song, and they came out and they opened up with that track. I mean, what a killer opener. I mean, you almost couldn't top it after that. If they'd have just played, if it had been like Purple Rain and they just played that one song and went home, kind of would have been like, okay, all right. <laughs> but no, they played like a, a really long set and it was great. And uh, yeah, one of the cooler shows I've ever seen for sure. So there you go. Great memories, and a very cool record there. Lullabies to Paralyze by Queens of the Stone Age. And we're getting along here to number 19. And I actually saw this band on this tour as well. Saw them play at a theater in Fort Worth. It was a really great show. And they didn't even get to do their whole show because, like, half of their cabinets, like, blew out or something like that. But they still played, like, an hour and a half. So, you know, they were really bummed out about it. And I, I can totally understand that. But... They stuck around the whole night and just hung out with fans. So that's the kind of band they are. And, and a great band, too. King's X, if they weren't one of the greatest cult bands of all time, they may have even brought in a few of the uh, cult prog rock fans as well. Because I, I recall this was their first release on the Inside Out label, which Inside Out is like Prague City. Uh, but regardless of all that, this album came out on September 27th of 2005. It was their 11th studio album, produced by the great hard rock producer Michael Wagner. It charted number 30 on the Billboard Independent Charts. That was its highest chart positioning anywhere. Their albums always sounded pretty good. Maybe a few of them sound a little muddy, but this definitely has a really cool, bright production to it. Very classic sound. It's one of those albums you can listen to and you're not even sure what year it came out in. So that's always a good sign. And what's not to love about King's X? So they're very consistent with me. And this uh, release is pretty damn good. Enough to rank it at number 19 here on the Best of 2005. 
So let's just go with the album opener. Let's do that. It's a real strong one here too. So here you go. Coming at number 19 of the top 20 albums of 2005. This is King's X from the Ogre Tones album. This is Alone. No. X coming in right there at number 19 of the top 20 albums of 2005 according to me myself and i joey here at rock strikes 10 that was from the ogre tones album and that song was called alone doug pinnick truly one of the great singers of all time and, and hey, ty tabor is a great singer in his own right as well but doug is definitely next level for sure speaking of next level singers yeah, I got lucky with this artist. It actually happened upon this artist due to a recommendation uh, working in the CD store. I was really, I don't want to call it a phase because it's, you know, a phase is something you grow out of. I haven't grown out of my love for, you know, R&B and funk and soul and stuff like that. But I was listening to a lot of it in 2005. Uh, so, you know, I was just randomly playing something one day and uh, one of the customers in the store was like, Oh yeah, you should check out this singer and uh, turned me on to Sharon Jones. Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, and that's where I learned about a lot of what Daptone Records was doing. And 
they were really just on a quest to save American soul music. And they were my absolute saving grace. And to this day remain the saving grace of American R&B and soul music. So I immediately fell in love with Sharon Jones upon first listen. This was actually her second studio album, which came out right at the beginning of the year. January 25th of 2005, it was her sophomore album, produced by Bosco Mann. The album is called Naturally, and uh, it's it's not as good as the first album, I'm not going to lie. Dab Dippin', the first album, is badass. This one is still really, really good, and Sharon Jones doesn't have a bad album in her catalog. Sadly, her catalog is not too big, but uh, she did not put out a bad record. This one's a pretty solid album, and it comes in here at number 18 for 2005. So from the Naturally record... This is the late great Sharon Jones along with the Dap Kings and the song How Long Do I Have to Wait for You?
How long do I have to wait for you? Oh, yes. Uh, I should have asked that to Sharon Jones when she came into my life. As uh, just, she's so damn good. And I know I did an entire Sharon Jones tribute show whenever she passed away, unfortunately. Uh, she was so damn good. She could have hung in there with anybody from the classic era of American Soul. You know, the Motown era, the Stax era. She could have been on any of those labels and been one of their biggest talents, for sure. Uh, no doubt about that, in my opinion. And... You know, who doesn't love a throwback where it's like a true throwback? It sounds like it could have been recorded back in the day. So, yeah, there you go. Sharon Jones from the album Naturally. Great stuff right there. Getting to number 17 right here. And, man, we're just getting into records. I'm like, wow, you know, 17 is a great number. It almost seems too low for some of these. But uh, just wait to hear what we got coming around the bend. So 17 right here uh, was the Big Bad comeback album that we were all waiting for. Not that this band went away for too long. But you know what I mean when it comes to this kind of a comeback. Rob Halford returns to Judas Priest, you know, around 2004. And they come out in 2005, February 23rd, 2005 to be exact, with their big comeback album, Angel of Retribution. It was their 15th studio album, produced by Roy Z. Peaked at number 13 on the Billboard album charts in the United States. Peaked at number three in Sweden for its highest worldwide position. Just a nice return to form. Uh, some people have some criticisms of this album. I think they're pretty unfounded. You know, it's not a perfect Priest album, but it's really, really good. And, you know, just great memories of the album. Just happy that they were back. Everybody was, you know, back where they belonged. Saw them on this tour. The tour was excellent. It was just amazing. There's a DVD out for it. I think they were playing in Japan or something like that. But, yeah, get the DVD from this tour. It's It's greatness so i think they, it was like the perfect judas priest set they played everything from you know personal favorites like turbo lover you know all the way to you know victim of changes you know it was just great and they played you know pretty much the best songs from this album uh, with the exception of revolution i do have a criticism about revolution we all know it sounds just like the mountain song by jane's addiction uh, and that's a great song but it's just a really weird random kind of ripoff kind of thing but uh, Revolution aside, there's some stuff on this album that's definitely worth it and belongs on any Best of Judas Priest compilation. And this song is one of them, in my opinion. I really like this song a lot. So here you go. To represent the Angel of Retribution album, this is Judas Priest with Worth Fighting For.
Number 17, that was the mighty Judas Priest with the album Angel of Retribution. That was worth fighting for. Kind of a neo-ballad or whatever, but I, I really like that song a lot. I think it's pretty catchy, and I like the message about it. So, And we're up to the number 16 position here on the top 40 albums of 2005. And it's time for some Turbo Negro. Yes, one of my favorite bands of the last 20 years. Great, great, great rock and roll band right here. They are... A lot of fun and you know the records are pretty damn cool this album was released on may 9th of 2005 by the way it's called party animals it was their seventh studio album co-produced by turbo negro and steve mcdonald who if you know that name is a member of red cross he's also been a bass player in the melvins for a while now and he's produced some really cool rock and roll albums i know he produced a handful of donna's albums so yeah i like steve mcdonald a lot so the album sounds great it's just like a slight step down from the greatness of Apocalypse Dudes and Scandinavian Leather, which are probably their two best albums, really. But uh, nothing wrong with Party Animals. It definitely gets the job done. 
And, uh, you know, if you know anything about Turbo Negro, you know they're very tongue-in-cheek. They don't take themselves too seriously. But their arrangements are solid. So even on a song like this, it's very juvenile on the surface. Like, it's just mega rock right here. So here you go. This is Turbo Negro with If You C.K. Tell her I L-O-V-E her. number 16 entry right there on the top 200 albums of 2005 that was turbo negro from the album party animals that was if you ck tell her i l-o-v-e her yeah lots of fun there all right we're about halfway through this show and we're going to do something i haven't done in a long time we're going to have a little bit of a halftime show right here and uh, i got a special guest contributor to this countdown from the cnj radio family right here i'm going to send it over for the next few minutes to the great Randy Brown of the Synaptic Empire, a true alternative. Take it away, Randy. What were your favorite albums of 2005? 
Hey, Joey, it's Randy Brown here from the Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, also heard on cnjradio.com. You had asked me to uh, hit you with my top favorite records from 2005, and uh, I've been able to scrape together a few for that list. Thank you for including me uh, right off the bat. I'd like to thank you for that. Uh, also, I got to say, 2005 was not musically the best year for me, but I was able to, uh, like I said, scrape together a few submissions here. So here we go. I've got a top 10 and then I've got five honorable mentions that will hit on the way out. So we're going to start off. Number 10 was the double album from Kate Bush, Ariel. Number nine, Playing the Angel from Depeche Mode. Actually a fairly strong record from them. Probably the last really strong record we've had. Number eight, uh, this record actually has the best song or my favorite song, I should say, that this band has ever put out. Uh, which is The Drone from New Appreciation for Sunshine by The Kush. And we all know that I really love The Kush since I put out a record by them <laughs> a few years back. Uh, number seven, uh, this was a later entry. I didn't actually get into this in 2005, but later on I did. And I've played them several times on my show. Bat for Lashes, Gold and Fur. Number six, we have Sigaros with Tak or tack. I'm not really quite sure how to say that. I've just recently found out that their entire uh, vocal styling is just made up gibberish. I always thought it was just Icelandic and I just couldn't understand it. I feel better knowing that uh, <laughs> I'm not just illiterate when it comes to Icelandic, that it's actual gibberish. So hopefully I'm saying tack or talk correctly. Number five, Z from My Morning Jacket, a big breakthrough record for that band. Uh, just in incredible album uh, number four with teeth by nine inch nails number three the masterpiece for this band that i, I that i at least i consider this the masterpiece uh, the mars volta with francis the mute number two which includes the number one song of the year for me which was someone's in the wolf but this was queens of the stone age with their album lullabies to paralyze and number one trading off for the number two song of the year, which would be the title track to Bruce Springsteen's Devils in Dust. Devils in Dust came in at number two, song-wise, number one album-wise. Uh, it was a solo record, actually, that he did. Uh, just, just him, and he went out and he toured, I believe, just by himself out on a stage. I did not get to see it, unfortunately even though it played Verizon. Anyway, those are my top 10. I do have some honorable mentions here. The double album, The Foo Fighters, In Your Honor, with the, the electric and acoustic discs. We also have Wilco coming in with their Kicking Television Live. I normally don't include live records on this sort of thing, but some of the performances on this record were phenomenal. We also have The Future Embrace, the solo album from Billy Corgan that came right after the implosion of Zwan. We have the self-titled debut album from Black Mountain on here with the wonderful track Drugonaut. And finally, Judas Priest, Angel of Retribution. Thought that was a fantastic return from the priest. Anyway, there you go. There's 15 records that I pulled out, 10 in order. I hope y'all enjoyed that, and I hope that uh, you will listen to the Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions right here on cnjradio.com. Joey, thank you as always for, for asking me again, and we will see you all very, very soon. 
Thanks a lot for doing that, Randy. And of course, let's get an extra plug for the Synaptic Empire audio transmissions on cnjradio.com. Randy is a true alternative, as you could tell by that list. And I'm actually surprised. I I kind of had him on for the, like, hey, I dare Joey to have some of these on his list kind of, you know, kind of a bit. But we actually matched a few records for sure. So I was very pleasantly surprised about that. So fun list, Randy. Thank you so much for contributing. And once again, everybody out there, please check out the Synaptic Empire audio transmissions on cnjradio.com. Subscribe, share, and all that good stuff. All right, let's get back to my countdown. We're up to number 15 now here on the countdown. And a longtime favorite band of mine. I've pretty much been a fan of this band since the very beginning. Yeah, kind of like halfway into the run of the first album. Saw them live, and that really hooked me as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm always going to have a big soft spot for Garbage. Garbage have been around for about 10 years by the time they put out their fourth studio album. Came out on April 11th of 2005. The album is called Bleed Like Me. It was co-produced by Garbage, and a co-producer actually, which is weird because I think most of their stuff was self-produced because everybody in the band besides Shirley is a producer, but uh, co-produced by John King. And if you know that name, if you're a big music nerd like I am, you'll recognize that that is one half of the famous Dust Brothers production team. Yes, the guys responsible for Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys and and Tone Loke and Beck's Odelay and a bunch of other stuff since then. The Fight Club score. So yeah, greatness right there. Oh yeah, and don't forget, of course, Vince Neil's Carved in Stone. Okay. Yes, this album came in and peaked in the U.S. at number four. And of course, in Shirley Manson's uh, home area of Scotland, uh, it was number two. And it actually uh, peaked at number two in most European countries overall. And yeah, this album gets ignored quite a bit. Uh, You know, the third album does too, Beautiful Garbage. But to be fair, there's nothing really that wrong with them. It was just one of those things that honestly, I do believe that this initial run here of Garbage uh, was definitely massively halted because of a lot of the record label monopolies that were going on and stuff like that. Not to get into too much of a thing about it, but I do recall they were on Almo Records, which was like an independent subsidiary uh, to a major label. And that got absorbed and it turned into Interscope. They just wound up being on the Interscope umbrella for the third album. And not coincidentally at all, they definitely fell off on the third album because there was some killer stuff on that third album. And the first single they went with on Beautiful Garbage was like the worst song on the album. Like, just bad. And they were always a band that had great singles, so there was no excuse for that. So yeah, by the time they got to Bleed Like Me, the label just wasn't even paying attention at that point. So really sad, real sad way for them to go out because they pretty much broke up after this run here and they finally got back together, you know, almost a decade later. But, you know, it was just a shame that they got handled so terribly towards the end. But anyway, all that aside, Bleed Like Me is a really cool album, super unappreciated, and there's a lot of stuff to like about this album. And I'll, I'll prove it right here. So here's the song to represent Bleed Like Me, coming in at number 15, Garbage. And here's the song, Run Baby Run.
killer stuff right there. That was Garbage and the song Run Baby Run from the album Bleed Like Me. It's got a lot of great stuff on there. You should definitely check it out if you never gave it a chance before. So, All right. We're up to number 14. This is one of two albums that actually are in the top 20 that I don't have any nostalgia for from the time of 2005. I only found out about this band really a couple of years after this album came out here. So it was maybe like around 2008 or 2009. Uh, so the band Czar, T-S-A-R, by the way, really cool band from California. They had a self-titled album out, like, I think in the year 2000. And, uh, you know, sadly, they don't have a ton of records out. This is actually their official second and final record to date so far, hopefully today, because I know they've been kind of sporadically getting back together here and there. Uh, but anyway, this album came out on June 28th of 2005. It's by the band Czar. And the album is called Band Girls Money. A little kind of a Scarface tribute right there, I think. Produced by David Katznelson. And uh, yeah, this guy Jeff Whalen, the guy that uh, does all the songs and stuff for Czar. And he's got some solo stuff out now too, which you should check out. But uh, man, this is such a killer album. If you're a fan of power pop and hard rock, Czar is a band you should definitely have in your life. There's, they're just one of those near-perfect bands. So I'll just let the music do the talking here. So here you go. Come in at number 14. From the album Band Girls Money, this is Czar with the song Wanna Get Dead. I got a lot of photographs of people I hate, and I'm not enough to rash. I can't give it away, and I wanna get it said that I wanna get dead. You make a lot of bad deals because you wanna go far, and if you're living with the guilt of the fucker you are. You wanna get it said that you wanna get dead fun and the album is consistently good right there so yeah czar band girls money that's the album 
that was one to get dead i feel like if i did have a little more nostalgia for that album from the time it came out it would probably be a little higher on the list but oh well that just means we have some more great albums coming up here for you and this one right here number 13 this was this band's eighth studio album it came out on june 7th of 2005 this band definitely set a high bar for themselves uh release after release and uh, I really like this album. Actually, I think I definitely like it more now than when it came out. I think I was still like listening to their older albums more than this album at the time. But it doesn't sound of its time. Once again, it's aged very well. I'm talking about Dream Theater, the album is called Octavarium. It was co-produced by band members John Petrucci and Mike Portnoy. Only charted up to 36 on the U.S. album chart. Peaked at number two in Finland and Italy. All right, there you go. Nice job, guys. And uh, it has a distinction of being the last major album ever recorded at the legendary Hit Factory Studios in New York City. I bet you didn't know that. Thank you, Wikipedia. No, but yeah, Hit Factory, man, a lot of great stuff happened there. And uh, yeah, so it does have that distinction. So a little fun fact there for you. It also features a song that would become one of their most famous songs ever. And this is so weird. This is definitely of its time. Due to its inclusion, like in the, uh, I guess it was the Guitar Hero video game series, something like that. It was either Rock Band or Guitar Hero. I, I get them confused for obvious reasons. But uh, yeah, like Heart Attack, their song Heart Attack was uh, huge on that platform and it gave them like a new breed of fans. So I remember going to see them opening up for Maiden and they had included that in the set list and we were like, oh wow. That's crazy, but uh, I didn't even realize it was that big at the time. But yeah, I Octavarium's got a lot of great stuff on it. I'm actually going to play this one right here. I feel like this could have been like a pretty big single for him, but you know, they've only had one actual hit. Uh, matter of fact, they have like probably one of the greatest best ofs of all time, at least title-wise. It's called Greatest Hit and, and like 19 other cool songs. <laughs> so yeah, this one's probably on it for all I know. I don't have the collection, but I've got all the albums for the most part, at least all the Portnoy ones. Uh, so here you go, blabbing aside, coming in at number 13 with the album Octavarium, this is Dream Theater with I Walk Beside You. i 
right, there you go. Some nice positive stuff right there. Zero Dream Theater with I Walk Beside You from the album Octavarium. That's actually easily the lightest song on there. It's it's a pretty heavy album for the most part. It's not train of thought heavy, but it's a really cool album. If you're a Dream Theater fan, you're going to love it. I can't imagine you don't have it already if you are, though. But anyway, moving on here to something completely different. Coming in at number 12, uh, it's, this is a band that I've been a champion for for a long time. I first heard about this band uh, probably around like 2002 or 2003, whenever their first album came out. Prior to it even coming out, we used to get promos back at the old record store, and uh, we had a friend that worked for Sony Records, so we got all the cool promos from him. And one day he showed up with uh, an EP by this band called The Coral, and we put it on, and I, I really liked it. I think I was one of the only ones that actually liked it. But, uh, you know, they immediately just, you know, spoke to me like, it's like, this is really cool. And, you know, much like what the Daptone Records label was doing, this is definitely something that sounds a lot older than it really is. Uh, this is the British band, and they definitely sound like they come from the 60s British Invasion era. Like, they're obviously using old instruments and old boards and stuff like that. And uh, it's like straight out of like the 60s, like almost like, post-hippie, post-folk, like, psychedelic pop kind of era. So that's the best way I can describe it. Like, the best parts about, like, you know, Donovan and Love and Spoonful and stuff like that mixed with uh, some of the stuff that The Move would do later on and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, just a great band here. The Coral, they've got a ton of records out at this point. This is off of their third full-length studio album, officially released on May 23rd, 2005. This album was co-produced by Adrian Utley and Jeff Barrow, Peaked at number three in the United Kingdom. See, the UK gets it. Like, they didn't even make a dent over here. It's stupid. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, check out anything by The Coral. This is a really stellar album in their catalog. It's called The Invisible Invasion. So yeah, it's the 12th best album of 2005, in my opinion. So here you go. This is the kickoff track from the album. This is She Sings the Morning. <laughs>
some great spy rock for you right there. Some good old school British spy rock 60s style from the choral where she sings the morning from the album The Invisible Invasion. Go check out all their stuff. There, there's some really good records out there to be had from them. Uh, that one especially, Roots and Echoes is a good album too. Uh, you know, if you're going to start with two, those aren't bad places to start. Go in order though. I, I go in order. I like doing that. I like kind of hearing the evolution of a band. But yeah, anyway. It was hard to pick a song to represent that album because the album is totally schizo. The band is totally schizo stylistic wise. And uh, that's a reason a band like that doesn't get successful in America and a really boring vanilla band like Coldplay does. So, yeah, that's just the fact of the matter. All right, moving on here. Sticking with the European side of things. Coming at number 11, this is the highest ranked album that I didn't have any nostalgia for, uh, you know, like at the time. I've only become a big fan in the last few years of this band, but man, they are great. One of the greatest bands to come out of the last 20 years. A band that I didn't listen to because I thought the name was stupid, and I don't know how a Smashing Pumpkins fan can justify that opinion, but uh, there you have it. Hardcore Superstar. They put out their self-titled album, of course called Hardcore Superstar, just right there at the tail end of the year. On November 2nd of 2005, it was their fifth studio album, co-produced by uh, a bunch of people. Ade, Johan Rivin, Rizza, the Jizza? No, I'm kidding. There actually is a guy named Rizza on here, one, one name. Uh, and Martin Sandvik. Yeah, peaked at number 12 in their home country of Sweden. Of course, their highest chart position in all of the world and not much anywhere else. Very sad, but they're awesome. Any hard rock fan uh, that dabbles in metal and likes pop sensibility should definitely be a fan of Hardcore Superstar. They are super fun. So yeah, here we go. This is currently my favorite song from this self-titled record right here. So check it out. Crank it up for the closer here tonight. We don't celebrate Sundays.
Finishing off the part three of our top 40 album countdown of 2005, that was Hardcore Superstar from their self-titled album and the song We Don't Celebrate Sundays. That's a great record. It's hard to find a decently priced physical copy in America. So, man, I had to actually buy it on iTunes. Oh, my God. Anyway, but there you go. Yeah, great way to close out this particular countdown episode, if I do say so myself. And, of course, we've got one more episode to go before we are done with 2005. So join me, won't you, for the top 10 albums of 2005, according to myself here, Joey, here at Rock Strikes 10. Until then, stick around for my better half, Nola, and the greatest damn outro song in all of the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. We are on Twitter at Rock Strikes 10, and the direct email is rockstrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only. For now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, the Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast, with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. <laughs>